Hello, my name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the odd man. Welcome. Much of politics is a fairy tale. People believe what they want to believe. For instance, many on the right still think that Republicans are constitutionalists for smaller government and less spending. They still see Reagan as a conservative, even though many of his policies definitely were not. They still look at the war on drugs and the war on terror as legit and somehow not wasteful tax dollar schemes like they see the welfare state. They see the DEA and the ATF as tyrannical against their liberties, but support police militarization and nearly every unconstitutional foreign entanglement. It just goes on and on. It doesn't represent reality, but people want to believe in something. And don't even get me started on the left The party of the little guy is in bed with nearly every multinational corporation, monopoly, and Wall Street. It's insane. But then again, it's a fairy tale, and people just think whatever they wish. After all, there's generally two kinds of citizens. The ones who constantly need to be told what their government is going to do for them. And then those of us with my mindset who want to be told the ways the government is going to leave us alone. The first is a big reason why things are so messed up. Uh, Certainly not the only reason. But one of the biggest because nothing comes without a price. And bureaucracies want dependence. They need them to justify themselves and to justify growth in the bureaucracy. And it's pretty easy to mold the people, mold the minds of the people and divide the minds of the people. You know, in politics, one side always gets so caught up at the thought of sicking the hounds on the opposition that they forget that those uncontrollable rabid hounds 
are running around in a circle and it's a circle that always leads back to them. You know, I've mentioned on the show before, and I'll do it one more time because it seems that Trump has left the White House for the last time. But I remember, distinctly remember, the moment I realized that Trump was pulling in conservatives and they were taking him seriously. By that time, I had become a real skeptic, a libertarian or close to an ANCAP, I guess you'd say. Uh, And I was done trusting politicians and treating them like gods. But I remember saying something about how Trump had taken a huge loan from George Soros for Trump Towers. Now, this was just after, I think, the first debate between Republicans. And uh, I was at work, and there were quite a few people gathered around talking about it. Well, as soon as I said that about Soros, I was met with hostility immediately. And that was the point I realized that they were really taking Trump seriously. Um, And I think I even said, I can't believe you guys are taking this guy seriously, but whatever. So I realized it caught me by surprise. We just come off eight years of nonstop talk about the Soros, Obama, Soros, Hillary connections. 30 years, really, if you think about Hillary and uh, Bill and Soros. And that had total credibility because it's true. Soros, his money is like a giant octopus that spreads all over so many different things. He is, you know, it's like the Rockefellers, exactly like the Rockefellers and the Fords and Carnegie's and all that. But uh, suddenly, that alliance between Trump and Soros didn't mean anything. Uh, it was always any any of his alliances, if I would bring them up to people, they would say, well, he's a businessman. He's a businessman. So, of course, he's going to have those connections. And that was it. They wouldn't think about it at all after that. That was like, okay, we're done. Uh, and I realized, oh, they are building up this idol. They're building up this guy to be like some kind of Superman who cannot receive any blame for any of his bad policies or stances. And it was kind of a precursor, of course, for what we saw the last four years. Um, And he was, you know, Trump was filling the power vacuum in the RNC and saying the right things to the base who were desperately, desperately craving to be led. Uh, They previously just went through two failed attempts against Obama uh, from the dried up and also Soros, Rothschilds, and House of Saud connected McCain. And then Romney, who'd been a Democrat just prior to that. Uh, it was the right time and the right place for a different approach. And it did not seem to matter that he was, wasn't actually a conservative at all. Uh, he appealed to the emotions and the base And after all, he already had the name recognition, which is one of the biggest hurdles for any candidate to get over. And really, when you think about it, voting for democracy, voting in general, it really is just a popularity contest. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You don't generally see people, voters, potential voters, going back through the candidates and their past history and their records. Of course, with Trump, they would just say, well, he's never been a politician and he's paid off both sides or dealt with both sides. And you have to do that in business like it meant nothing. Right. Uh, But obviously it means something. And 
ties and cronyism and organization is everything. But, you know, fast forward through those years, and it was like you really saw the hypocrisy of democracy. I never thought I'd see the day when the left tolerated or almost welcomed George W. Bush into the fold, the guy that they had hated for eight years, you know, and went against hardcore for eight years, and rightly so. But when he came out kind of against Trump and showed that he wasn't, him and his family were not behind him, well, he was embraced and tolerated. And then uh, I certainly never thought that I would see a day when a Republican president could sit right beside Dianne Feinstein and declare, take the guns first and worry about due process later, and was met with no or little to no pushback whatsoever. And if you even brought that up, it was always either ignored or, oh, he didn't mean it that way. But of course, just think about it if it had been any Democrat president. You got to remember the RNC sabotaged the Ron Paul revolution. The DNC sabotaged the Bernie Sanders campaign twice. And both wings, it seems, of the GovCorp bird destroyed MAGA, squashed the MAGA movement like an ant. The establishment got the perfect character, though, in Trump to use as an excuse to label everyone who's not on board with their ideology, their narrative, their goals as dangerous and unlawful. And you see the censorship and you see the beginnings of what's going to be the most totalitarian regime we've had in charge, I predict, ever. But they'll pretend to be this diverse and fair regime that is going to dole out all this equality to everyone. And of course, his cabinet may look somewhat diverse, but we know it's the exact same old swamp. It's the exact same old CFR, Council on Foreign Relations globalists. He's already picked 17 of them for his cabinet. But it was damn near a perfect plan, even if it wasn't the original plan, and Trump somehow really did get elected instead of selected, and maybe they just seen a way to use him and his fans to get exactly what they wanted. At any rate, decades from now, people will probably still be declaring, if he'd only had four more years, why? Because of tribalism and emotions. We are seriously in a time and a place where anything goes as far as politics. You see where things are headed. It's easy. Trump and anyone connected to him, including average voters, are being used by GovCorp as an excuse to censor and outlaw political dissent. They're putting out the perception that anyone who has disagreements on policy and philosophy are traitorous. The administration in charge isn't really even liberal, as classic liberals stood against corporatism tyrannical governments, and defended free speech. That was a staple. The current CFR-packed administration is just putting on the facade to keep one side loyal, and I'm sure they'll throw them some bones. But when it's said and done, we know that we're on the precipice of this global private-public partnership. 
And you have to think about it. There's a yin and a yang to this whole thing. The DNC and the people in charge couldn't implement all this censorship and these draconian laws and the thousands of troops in uh, Washington, D.C. for the inauguration if it hadn't been for Trump and for Q, which I've always said was some kind of psyop or disinformation campaign. And if Trump himself hadn't been so divisive, and I know people are going to say, well, the media was against him no matter what. Well, that was true, but they kind of did push him, especially in the beginning, up to the presidency by talking about him 24-7. He didn't even have to pay for this promotion, and the promotion really elevated him to hero status among the MAGA people. So there's a push and a pull, but you can't have one without the other. You know, without Q and all this crap that we've seen on the internet nonstop and all these crazy claims, which some had credibility, many didn't, uh, and without them going to Washington, D.C. and going to the Capitol, which of course the government let that happen, they stood down, you couldn't have what's coming. You couldn't have all these uh, different types of censorship. You couldn't have what's coming. I mean, they're already talking about, uh, John Brennan was just talking the other day, actually just yesterday, about how dissent is going to have to be squashed, even among libertarians. Um, it was a perfect recipe, really. I mean, everything came into place for the elite. It's the one of the gifts that keeps on giving for the elite to continuously push us to be divided. And the more divided we are, the more together they are. It's, it's pretty much simple divide and conquer tactics. And that's why we don't have moderates who bring us together and don't expect any. The only time they bring us together is right after they've torn us apart. And that's when they're trying to bring in their order out of the chaos that they themselves have created. Yes, in the new age of reason, this new age of technological advancements, we've actually become very unreasonable. But it's not really a big surprise because we've seen it happen incrementally. Even under Obama, it was building up. That was when the real major divide started. Well, I guess you could actually say under George W. Bush. But I mean, whatever the truth about Trump Whatever his motives were, his alliances were, we the people are much less free and much more divided. And now the ruling class is much more powerful than ever, much more centralized. And is that Trump's fault? Is that Q's fault? Or is that on us? Well, I think there's a fair amount of blame to be had for all three of those groups. Of course, you see now with Biden and Kamala talking about how we've got to come together and the media is talking about how we've got to come together. And it's, you know, the, the left wing corporate media is already starting to go on and on about how elegant and wonderful Jill Biden is. It's such a joke. People should be ashamed of themselves to fall for this crap. It's like falling for all the BS of the British royal family when we know that's all a big farce and a big show. But we love our political theater here. We absolutely adore it. 
And so now they're trying to say that we got to come together to make us stronger. But if you notice the minions of the state, they spend most of their time. It's like they're campaigning 24 seven nowadays, trying to convince us that when the state is strong, the people are strong, but surely we've figured out by now that it's usually just the opposite. The strength of the bureaucracy is built upon making us less free. And that's why anytime something happens, whether it's a shooting, threats of a a foreign enemy, it's always the average people who have to suffer and get a little bit less freedom in the process. Even if it's in increments at micro levels, that's always their fix. And that's their fix because that is on purpose. And elites from large cities. Think about it. It's always these elites from these several large cities. Washington, D.C., New York, different places like that, Chicago. Telling us, deciding for us how we all should live. But they have no idea how we live. They have no idea what it's like to be us. And it's just like if you've ever worked for a very large corporation, all these stupid things often start coming down the pike if you're at the lower levels. Just the most ridiculous policies, a lot of them sometimes can't even be implemented, yet they just keep coming. And you realize quickly that those people at the top are just trying to, well, they say shit rolls downhill, right? They're just trying to make themselves look good by saying, hey, we can save money a little bit here and there by coming down on these grunt workers. I remember working at a place for 14 years. I'd probably been there about nine or 10 at the time. And we had a new, a regional manager and she wouldn't work at the same building as us, but she came over one day. She'd been there a couple of months and we heard about her and we saw her from afar. And finally she comes over and has this little meeting with us. And literally five minutes into the meeting, I realized she has no idea what we do. It was so obvious. She was saying all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, she has no clue what we even do. And she's saying we should be doing this, that, and the other. And, you know, she cannot relate whatsoever and has no idea what she's talking about. As she's, you know, standing there in her $300 shoes and her $1,000 suit. $1,000 pants suit, by the way. Anyway, back to what I was talking about, it kind of feels like we have been, during the last four years, under some kind of government operation, some kind of psychological warfare operation or disinformation campaign, probably all of the above. But it seems like if you really get down to the bottom of it, if you could just kind of uh, point out what was going on, the motive was to divide the people with propaganda until they forget that they share the same freedoms and end up having them even supporting the suppression of their own liberties because they think that they're getting back at their enemy. Divide them so much that they forget that the Democrats and the Republicans are both a part of the same government. And they've always done this, but it's been pushed much, much harder in the last four years. But I hope, my hope, if there is a bright side, is that enough people woke up 
not diet woke, but real woke up and get past this whole Q thing. Stop waiting for the plans to come together and realize that they have been had, they have been duped, but I hope that they don't turn into nihilists. I hope that they start listening to the right people, the reasonable people. And I hope that they really start to really delve into hidden history and what's really happened and how we really got to where we are, but at least they'll know what to expect and what they need to do to kind of prepare for it. That's my hope. That's my wish. And so that's why I do this show to try to help people prepare for the future and to learn about history. And so with that, I guess I'm going to jump out of here. I know this was a super short show and I appreciate your patience. Um, I think that uh, still think that we have a lot to look forward to. And I think you can keep some hope alive. Don't lose all hope for sure. We, you know, a lot of us have been expecting this. This is not some kind of surprise. This is pretty much played out the way we thought it would play out. So remain hopeful and just keep doing what you're doing. Um, so I've started a Patreon. Yeah, I know. Uh, the reason I've done it is because I have been censored on Instagram several times now. And Facebook is just a joke. Um, you can't get on Parler. Or can barely get on Gab at all. Nobody responds on there. And Twitter, I'm sure, is going to become unusable in the next few months. So I started a Patreon. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to be putting extra stuff on there. I'm going to do at least one video a week that will only be on Patreon. I'm going to post longer blogs on there uh, because I'm not going to do it on Facebook anymore. It's just a waste of time. And just hopefully make it a place to where I can share ideas with people without being censored constantly. And um, we'll see if I have any problems with that, then I will move to something else, maybe Rockfin or something like that. But I'm going to give it a shot. And if you're interested, you can become a member of the Society of Cryptic Savants. That's right. I'm starting my own society. Why not? Society that actually speaks the truth and lets people know about these other Jacob societies. But anyway, it's patreon.com slash the odd man out. And if you feel so led to do so, please uh, give me a good review on iTunes or whatever you listen to the show on. I'd really appreciate it. And please, please share it. It's all about word of mouth. Because we're, like I said, we're, we're getting censored. Everyone who is not down with this regime and the global governance outlook, we're going to be censored. We're seen as enemies, enemy combatants, when we're actually the patriots. But everything is ass backwards now. So I appreciate all the support I can get. And I promise if you do join that, I'll make it worth your while. I will shout out your name or whatever you want me to shout out, as long as it's not vulgar, if you join. And uh, I'm going to be doing extra things on there. I think it'll be kind of cool because it'll be a much smaller audience. And uh, I think it'll just be a way to communicate better. I'd like to start a little book club on there and talk more about the books I'm reading, about the people who's on there are reading. And uh, I think it'll be good. But anyway, 
That is Patreon slash The Odd Man Out. And remember, guys, their order is not our order. I will see you soon. Thank you. Fake people begets a fake government. And what do I mean by that? Well, so many things that we're taught to believe from the minute we go to school till the minute we start watching television is fake. They, they fill our minds with these fake perceptions and we grow up believing a lot of these things and we live in a fake world and we're easily controlled by pop culture and what our government tells us. If you think about it, it's like we believe them maybe partly because we've always heard them, but also because we want to believe them. I look at our government with the lockdowns. Uh, those are unconstitutional. Yet, even conservatives believe that they're lawful and that we need them. Yet, if the people got together and actually said, and if they got together in large enough numbers and said, this is unconstitutional, and you're saying this is lawful, but it is not lawful, then they could get something done about it. It's only a small percentage of people who are actually pushing back against these lockdowns and these early closures. But meanwhile, the lower class, the middle class, and the small business owners are being decimated. We even have fake patriots these days. And people who think that because they watch Limbaugh or listen to Hannity or even Tucker, that they have the tools to make themselves and other people free. But what they actually end up doing is just complaining. And a lot of these talking heads are just giving them enough information so they can have water cooler talks on Monday mornings. So they're not really providing the information that could help them to live freer. So that's fake too. And so what do you do about it? Well, you just become informed and you try to really read and research things that are much deeper than what you're going to be told by the corporate funded talking heads. I mean, oftentimes they're just giving us enough information to keep us complaining about the opposition. When I think I've explained over the last year on this show that so many times, so many instances, it's our own side that's the most dangerous to us because they're only telling us certain things. Of course, they never point out the corruption in our own camps. And so we end up allowing our own side to take our freedoms away and under the guise of fighting the opposition. So even the fight against the opposition is often fake because the results are opposite of what we would actually want if we could only open up our eyes. I think about how even the faces of Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, and Joe Biden are fake. The plastic surgery, it's unbelievable. But again, it's a perception. It's a fake perception. And we really are just, when we, when we vote and when we get all caught up in a lot of these things, it's greatly just a popularity contest. So perception means a lot. And some people might say that's petty for me to pick on them because of that. Well, no, it's not because they're trying to fool us into believing that they're younger, into believing that they look better than they normally would look. There's the old saying that, Washington, D.C. is Hollywood for ugly people, but they're 
trying to make themselves look more presentable. If you think about it, there's so much, so much fakery. Uh, Biden, they're going to build his legacy up to be this great guy for equality and uh, this great champion of minorities. But look, you look back at the numerous times he said on the Senate floor, the Biden crime bill, the Biden crime bill, the Biden crime bill. Again, bragging about making 51 offenses qualify for the death penalty. Remember when he was talking about how these predators can never be around the public and he doesn't care if they had bad childhoods or no fathers. They need to be locked away forever. A lot of these things that, you know, if it had been a Republican say that, they would have been labeled a racist and probably destroyed immediately. Yet he's going to be lauded for his contribution. You know, it was even disproven that he, you know, he claimed a long time ago that he marched in Selma back in the civil rights days. That was even disproven, but it doesn't matter because they manufacture these legacies for these guys. So the truth doesn't matter. It's all fake. And of course, the same can be said for Kamala with her record of authoritarianism and locking away so many minorities for petty crimes. But when it's all said and done, that'll totally be forgotten about in the mainstream media. It pretty much is already, and she will have a legacy built for her. It's all fake. Going back to Biden, you look at the Me Too movement. Even though all the controversy and all the things are coming out about Harvey Weinstein, well, here is Joe Biden on film and on camera playing grab ass with numerous women and children. Yet now the Me Too movement is supporting Biden and they're not speaking out against him in any large way whatsoever. Even though we had the Jeffrey Epstein debacle as well. I mean, it doesn't matter because the outrage must have been fake and for PR. And so there's, it, it means nothing. It means nothing because it's fake. And one thing I'll say about Trump that he never really got hardly any credit for is he was the first president to come in and be basically pro-gay, had no problem with gay marriage or any of that. And if you look at uh, whatever the guy's name was that started the walkaway campaign, a gay guy, that was huge. And a lot of gay guys, I think, more than we'll ever know, probably voted for Trump. And we know that he, he got the record amount of minority votes for a Republican. That was huge. But, you know, that was just kicked aside because of all the controversy. But that had to scare the living hell out of the DNC and the people at the top. And, you know, we, we can't even get our system of government right. Is it a democracy? Is it a republic? Well, Benjamin Franklin said it was a republic, but you see in the mainstream media, democracy, democracy, democracy. Like, democracy is such a great thing. I get it, the controversy, but, you know, the mob rules and the mob is always insane. I mean, right now, the mob is controlled by the government, entertainment, as a whole, which is owned by all these monopoly corporations. So when the people are thinking like the status quo, all those people, all those groups, you know there is a problem, and the masses are easily swayed. You know, people still believe that this is a government of representation, that 
that the people are represented, when no matter if it's Democrat or Republican, those same bankers from Wall Street and those same Council on Foreign Relations members get in these administrations. And so much of the same old thing happens. So there's this fake idea that there's all these changes, but really a lot of it is the same old thing. And so we have this perception that's not real and fake, and we just don't understand it. And that goes right to even the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. You know, the the right wing for years has been solid champions of the military across the bar, not understanding that the Council on Foreign Relations and the Atlantic Council, these globalist institutions who are in bed with the government and all the people they hate, in bed with all these gigantic corporations and Wall Street and and the you know the academia and the television industry, the movie industry and all that. And they want to end sovereignty and to disarm America and the world, except for the United Nations and they want to create global governance. So even what we believe is these agencies that are here to save us and keep us safe from terror and from our enemies are actually working against us in many ways. And that goes right to them and the war on terror being manufactured, and it's not even real. You know, Brzezinski started arming the Mujahideen, which led to arming Osama bin Laden, which eventually led to, you know, Al-Qaeda, and then the rest is history. They funded what became our enemies. And they are, you know, they've got to have, because we build up such a large defense industry, and Raytheon, and General Dynamics, and Boeing, and it goes on and on, are solely dependent on these tax dollars coming in by the billions to keep them afloat. So even our defense industry, and that's no slight towards your regular soldiers, I'm talking about the higher-ups and the corporate people, is not real. A lot of the things that they tell us, the reason we're doing things, is not real. So when they tell us we're supporting the troops, that's fake. They have tricked us a lot of times into supporting the people at the very top and supporting these these, uh, defense industries. And it's corporate welfare. It's nothing but corporate welfare. So just like the left wants to keep everyone dependent on the welfare state, the right wants to keep everybody dependent on the warfare state. But it's kind of come together now to where both parties are for both of those things. And what that does is that just makes the bureaucracy stronger and it creates more cronyism. And instead of us having this government, which is separate from corporation, we have public-private partnerships and the merging of government and corporation. So our perception of that and the way government works is fake. We've been suckered. We've been fooled. We've been had. We've been took. I mean, they're going to keep manufacturing these enemies so they can put all that funding or make excuses for all that funding. And if they don't manufacture them, then they're going to do things that create animosity so they can justify the billions in spending. And it pains me to say this, we even have fake Christianity. 
Christians in name only. Christians who basically just say they're Christians because they grew up in a place that was mostly Christian in the past, and so they just continue to call themselves Christians, even though they don't really follow any of Jesus' teachings and are not really practicing Christians. And it gives all Christians a bad name. And of course, our representatives and the people who want to lead pretend to be Christians to try and get us to believe them when they're standing right there in the North American pagan capital of the world, which is decked out not in Christian symbolism. And I'm talking about, of course, Washington, D.C., but adorned with the symbolism of Greco-Roman pagan gods. And it's not hard to see, and Egyptian too as well, but it's not hard to see, even the branches and the way things work are patterned after the Romans and patterned after Freemasonry. So it's not what people think it is. You don't see Jesus and all the patron saints all over D.C., you see the house of the temple, the most important Freemason temple in North America, right there, right down from the White House, with Albert Pike entombed in the wall. So it's not this Christian capital that people think it is. And then you look to even these New Agers and Gnostics and all these people into different occult beliefs, but they have one thing in common, which is usually... We've got to let go of the ego. The ego. Ego is bad. If we can only let go of our ego. When these people are some of the most egotistical folks I've ever talked to in my life. And they do not practice what they preach whatsoever. And that goes right back to all the symbolism in our nation's capital. But even atheists are fake. Because everything they've said bad about Christians and about people of faith, different faiths, they've become, and they've become this cult-like uh, belief system. And if you don't believe what they do, you're an apostate. And uh, it's just, you know, it goes on and on. It's just unfortunate that a lot of things in our world, I mean, things are ass backwards. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you talk about fake liberals, Liberals who actually believe in censorship support candidates who are backed by bankers and large corporations, make excuses for unconstitutional wars and entanglements, support the big tech companies, Hollywood, monopolies. It's just, there's nothing liberal about it, so fake. Conservatives who always grow government. They always add to the public debt. They claim to be constitutionalists, but then the people they elect walk all over the Constitution. They're willing to believe that people like even Trump, and I'm not saying he was wrong in everything, but even Trump, McCain, and Romney were conservatives. They were not conservative in the least. And it was plain to see, it's plain to see if you really do the research, but people get caught up in the emotions of it all, and the tribalism. So what they believe about these guys is fake. I mean, they'll, a lot of people will keep 
on believing that Trump was this great conservative and if he only had more time, even though more and more evidence leads to the fact that he was just putting people on and wasn't serious about a lot of things that he claimed. Of course, one thing that he was correct on, and of course this started way before his time, was fake news. I mean, you go back to Cecil Rhodes and you go back to how he talked about taking over the newspapers so they could influence the public. I mean, he knew it way back even in the late 1800s. And then in the early 1900s, J.P. Morgan bought out almost 30 newspapers, fired the editors, and put special editors in that would only print approved stories to his liking. And then you go to the 60s, Operation Mockingbird, where so many top journalists were on the payroll of the CIA. So the news that people got and are getting It's not real news. It's fake news. And lastly, I'll even go to medicine and healthcare. And a lot of us probably realize this now, but of course we have great things like insulin and cancer treatments and stuff like that. But on the other hand, just so many pharmaceuticals that are pushed on us that don't make us healthier. They just keep us alive or they might help the symptoms But really, most of our doctors, and certainly the programming that we receive on a regular basis, doesn't push us to eat healthier, to get more exercise, to cure things naturally. And so, is it real health care? Are we just getting pharmaceuticals pushed on us? Is it fake health care? Because that doesn't sound like real health care to me. Even when you've got the uh, Surgeon General a while back talking about people need to wear masks and wash their hands, do this, that, and the other, but not a word about getting healthy and doing things to make yourself healthier and building up your immune system. It's just, it's not real health care. It's not real health care advice. It's fake advice. And it fits a certain purpose. And even with foods that are supposed to be healthy for us, oftentimes you read the label. It's not healthy at all. It's full of sugar, full of GMOs, or full of this or that. And so, so many things are fake. Now, I talk about all this, not to point out that everything is fake in the entire world and don't believe anything you see, but to tell you that we need to research things now more than ever. We need to look into things deeply. When we do look at things, we need to research things Take a step back, think about things, instead of having these knee-jerk reactions. We don't need to be reactionaries, because when we do that, we're playing into the hands of the people who propagandize us and wish to rule us. So, I would just suggest that everyone, really, in this new year, take the time to research more than ever when you have the time, and don't just take anyone's word for things. And hopefully get to the bottom of things and really stop letting them play us like we've been being played since the modern age of the newspaper, the radio, television, and everything else. There are real things out there, but we just have to find them and we have to put the time in, unfortunately. 
And we know that a lot of people are not going to do that. They're just going to continue to be outraged and to be directed by GovCorp. But, you know, that's no way to live. And we should see that it's not working. It's not working for us. And it's really led us into a bad place. And I guess there's really not too much more to say about that. I mean, I don't know. I just woke up this morning thinking about all the fakery, all the things that they kind of pushed us to believe that's pretty easily refutable if you just really stop and think about it. Uh, So I'm going to try to stop and think more about things and think about what else is fake out there. What other things are just mainly a perception and that they just want us to believe. And if we really stop and think about a lot of these things, we may realize that we have other options and we don't have to be so upset about what they're doing to us. And I don't know, maybe some good will come out of it. I'm sure some good will come out of it. So again, I'm being censored a lot on social media, especially Instagram now, unfortunately. So I'm not posting on there as much, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I think I've decided to just do the value for value model like no agenda does. I think they came up with it. And that is if you feel like the information I provide for you means something, then feel free to send me a couple of bucks or whatever on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the odd man out. I'm going to continue to make this content as long as I can. And I know that the censorship is going to become more and more as this year and the next few years go on. We can see it coming in the Trump years, and it's really in full swing now. And none of us really know if we'll be on any certain platform tomorrow. So it's a kind of a bummer. But uh, anyway, if you feel led to help me out, I'd appreciate it. I'll put the link in the show notes. And also, uh, you can find my Instagram, it's underscore the odd man out. And my Twitter is underscore the odd man out as well. I have been pretty active on Twitter lately. I've got a float account. I've got a gab account. So if you're on those, look me up. And I really appreciate your support. I hope that this show helped you out a little bit. And I hope to talk to you very soon. Remember, guys, their order is not our order. See ya. All right, guys, that's the end there. That was a two-part show. What it was was it was two different sessions, short shows that I just popped out, and I decided to combine the two. And I realized in editing that today that I sounded really low energy. So I apologize for that. I think I was down. It was a couple of days ago, so... Man, anyway, you can't win them all. And so anyway, tonight I have the pleasure of interviewing John Brissom from the We've Read the Documents YouTube page. And if you're not familiar with him, he's on the right, but he delves into these allegiances on the right and the roots of some of these characters and figureheads and uh, talking heads that are supposed to be on that side and really kind of exposes people who are a part of the institutions like the Council for National Policy, which is kind of like a Council on Foreign Relations, but for the hard right. 
and different things like that. So I think that you'll definitely enjoy him. I heard him on my friend Jack's show, Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. And I thought, wow, that guy, we have some stuff in common. Uh, he's very well-researched, much better than I am. But uh, I can't wait to see and hear what he's going to talk about. So anyway, don't miss that. And other than that, just please share the show. It's more important than ever. And please rate the show if you don't mind, if you get time. And also, remember my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theoddmanout. And other than that, I just want to wish you cheers and blessings. And of course, remember, their order is not our order. Talk to you soon. You know, in the quest for fighting against liars and thieves, one has to be really careful that they themselves do not end up defending liars and thieves of their own side. That happens so often, and we're so caught up in the emotions and the tribalism of it all, we don't even realize that we are fighting against ourselves. And the state, the government, which is all the same, uses that against us to take our rights away and to chip away at our freedom. And we end up being our own worst enemies. Yes, I said that. Between you and me, old man, I'm glad they've got me before it went any further. Do you know what I'm going to say to them when I go up before the tribunal? Thank you. I'm going to say thank you for saving me before it was too late. I don't know. I mean, who really got tricked when you think about it? Uh, the Democrats are now the party that defends the CIA, and the FBI, and the deep state. The party of big corporations, the technocracy, Hollywood, Big Pharma, they don't even realize it. And then you've got the Republicans who've defended these crazy stimulus bills, defended anything Trump wanted to do, even when he talked about the gun rights, taking away the uh, gun rights without due process. It's just a never-ending thing. They're even defending, trying to get their kids back in those public schools that they've been fighting against for 50 years. There's no end to it.